All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Daily Face-Off Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 19 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. I am your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, are Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. I don't want to get yelled at again, so boys, how are you feeling? I know that was a tough scene. That was a tough way to start the podcast. I'm but doing, I'm doing, doing great. Um, definitely better than he was doing. Yeah, better than D's doing. I, I got some Avs and Red Wings tickets on Monday. Brock, nice. I was telling the boys before. I'm a little nervous about everything going on around the league, but at the same time, really hoping I could get there. You know, catch that old school rivalry, and uh, you know, just watch the Avalanche absolutely smash the Wings again. Um, I say again in reference to last week's 7-3 beatdown. But, uh, D, how you doing? I don't want to go back to Brock. He might be crying. I am doing he is crying. Good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here with you guys uh, and ready to talk about some puck. Yeah. Nice. Let's talk about some puck. And, and, and I think the one thing that, um, if nothing else, the one thing that is good about this podcast is we are pretty good at keeping it light pretty good at having uh, a good time yeah. and and making it, I, I hope, fun to listen to and, and not a, a downer. Because right now, anything that you listen to about the NHL uh, is basically strictly COVID-19 related. That's why, Obviously, brought, that's why you're drinking wine tonight, right? To keep it loose? Yeah, just yeah, yeah just keep it loose, right? You got to, you know, sometimes you just got to change it up. And uh, the way things have been going with the NHL is figured. You knew it's been hard when I saw the wine bottle broken out in front of 
the microphone today. <laughs> it's been a lot, man. Like yeah. it's a uh, like to try to keep up with all of these. Like it's the amount of line changes. Like I, I sent out a tweet today, and I was like, just so you guys know, like almost every single line combination on Daily Face Off right now is like just a complete guess because we have no idea what's happening with half it's of these teams fun, right though. now. It is. It is in a way until the gamblers get mad. Yeah, and that's why you know the one thing, the best thing we ever did this year was was sourced our line combinations so that people know when they go like, "Okay, this is legitimate" or "This is a total complete guess." Yeah, so uh, they can blame other people. It's a fun game, though, right? You, you, you get to project what you think is going to happen, and you wait for warm ups to figure out that you're completely wrong. Uh, it's it's really a good time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we're not going to talk about COVID uh, on today's podcast. That's not what we're here to do. Obviously, it's going to affect your fantasy weeks. Um, we'll see how the NHL decides to respond to this moving forward, uh, whether it is just canceling games, whether it's bringing uh, back the taxi squad, whether it's just a little bit more leniency in terms of the cap situation um, and not just completely screwing teams over. So you're obviously going to deal with it. Everyone's going to have to deal with it. And, you, you know, you're going to pick players up. You're going to get screwed over some nights. It is what it is, but everyone's going to go through it. So that's why we're not going to talk about it anymore on today's show. What we're going to do no, on today's episode is talk about the rookie class. Um, I think that this is one of the better rookie classes that we've seen uh, from a fantasy perspective in a number of seasons. Um, a lot of production coming from the first year players, not only on at forward, but also on the blue line some really uh, you know exciting players this is actually a segment that we have been trying to talk about for the last few weeks just haven't been able to fit it into the episode so we're going to open today's show uh with some rookie talk just to guarantee that we don't push it till till after christmas um and then after that the one thing that we may be guilty of um at least me for sure is perhaps talking about a lot of the same players um often yeah um, we and, love and a Jasper lot of, Bratt. A lot, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know clearly we like a player for a certain reason and if his own percentage isn't where we'd expect it to be we're going to keep bringing up his name until the own percentage gets there but what we're going to do today after we talk about rookies is shed some light on some players both good and bad um that we haven't really talked about that we haven't really discussed so far this season and just talk about what we expect from them moving forward so are the good players going to keep up what they've been doing thus far are the bad players going to continue to suck all that fun stuff so without any further ado let's start with the rookies so what we're going to do just talk about a couple guys uh, at forward a couple guys at d and then at the end of it after we go through them all we're going to each give our respective top five uh, rookies for the remainder of the season so we're going to start with Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings. Obviously, uh, that's where I'm going to start. He why? is leading rookies in points right now. That's why we're going to oh, start that's there. Why. Okay. Uh, through 29 games, he will have played his 30th as of you as you guys hear this episode tonight. Um, after tonight, I should say. Uh, he came into tonight with 10 goals, 15 assists, 25 points in 29 games. He did add an assist on a um, Dylan Larkin goal this evening. So that brings him up to 26 points in 30 he games. He actually just on. added a second one. So. He added a second assist. Yeah. Well, he's just an absolute surefire first, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, 27 points now, 10 goals, 17 assists in 30 games for Lucas Raymond. Uh, he's been a fixture on that top line. Um, I guess... The only concern I would have about Lucas Raymond is that Tyler Bertuzzi is never going to get vaccinated. He's, he's and not doing it. When he's not in the lineup, that line is just not nearly as effective. The underlying numbers uh, support that. And their production while Tyler Bertuzzi was out, shockingly, with COVID-19, they struggled a little bit. So um, 
I think that's a very minor concern, but everything that we've seen from, from Lucas Raymond thus far has been spectacular. But I've been talking for about five minutes straight. D, we haven't heard from you yet. Uh, Lucas Raymond, what do you like or dislike about this kid? Uh, there's a lot to like, obviously. Uh, there's not a whole lot of rookies, and especially you know 19-year-old rookies that are playing on the first line of any team in the NHL right now. So you got to take it seriously, even when it's the Red Wings. Uh, but yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, like you said, right? 25 points in 29 games. Everything looks legit. He's got 64 shots on goal in those 29 games. That's great shot volume, especially from a 19-year-old. Um, so yeah, I think he's got a, from everything we've seen, you know, projecting based off 30 games, uh, I think he's got a, a pretty bright future ahead of him. And, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of top what he can offer you this year in terms of those rest of season rankings. Doesn't seem to get as much power play time though, which is a little strange. I mean, he's a fixture on the top power play unit. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the power play does run through him and Moritz Sider. You don't have him on either unit right now. Pardon me? You don't have money either. Yeah. Well, he's definitely should be in there for Robbie Fabry if Robbie Fabry's yeah. still on there. Yeah. So that's just that's just a uh, an oversight by me this morning. Uh, Robbie Fabry's out of the lineup, so I go. clearly moved those pieces around and forgot uh, to put him on the top unit. But no, he is a fixture on that top unit, there and, and it, it it really seems that unit to run through uh, Lucas Raymond and Marit Sider, which is quite hilarious to think about considering they were not in the NHL a season ago, but they've both just been spectacular. Yeah. Do you think Vron is just looking as an injured, uh, as an injured player, just, just probably their best realistically score on that roster. I think he's just looking there, licking his lips, um, compared to what he was working with last year. Um, not, not to, not to beat the, the, I'm not even going to say the rest of this term. Um, but not to go back on what you guys have said already, but, um, you know, just, I mentioned in other episodes, they needed Anthony an Anthony Mantha, they got brought in Verona. Verona got hurt, and now they have an even better fill-in in Lucas Raymond, and uh, and and I like him a lot. He's not my favorite rookie on this list, but uh, but yeah, it's great. And uh, I think one thing too before I kind of want to mention this before we start rookies is people are so scared to pick them up because of previous years when this year started and just the success we've seen in previous years that if you did jump on a lot of these rookies, you're loving it. Lucas Raymond clearly one of them. Um, yeah, and uh, he should be rostered for the rest of the year in all leagues. Yeah, I think even um, I was probably burned by it early in the season or like in the preseason because yeah. in the past I used to try to project the best for these guys yeah. coming into the league. You don't want to get and then you end up getting burned by it because yeah. they don't you know end up spending as much time with the team or or end up you know playing as well at, at 19 years old, which isn't surprising. Um, so you know my projection for Lucas Raymond coming into the year was much lower than what we've seen from him thus far. Uh, the next guy has been just as good. I had a little bit higher projection on Trevor Zegers because he seems like a sure lock for the NHL. Uh, 29 games so far this season, seven goals, 16 assists for Trevor Zegers. We've obviously seen him do uh, some absolutely spectacular things with the puck. He is just an absolute freak. Every single shift, he's out there just doing insane shit. Uh, and, and he's just so fun to watch. So uh, Trevor Zegers, as I mentioned, 23 points in 29 games. But a lot of that has come recently. Recently. He actually got off to a really, really slow start uh, to the season, but he's just been absolutely in fuego. Again, um, a lot of his hot run did come while Ryan Getzlaff was out of the lineup. It's cooled off a little bit um, since Getzlaff has returned just because the ice time has dropped from around 19 minutes a night to 16 minutes a night. Uh, but 
In Zegers' last 16 games, he has 18 points, five goals, 13 assists for Trevor yeah. Zegers. So, um, you know, Biebs, you said that Lucas Raymond is not your favorite rookie on this list, so I'm assuming that it's Trevor Zegers. Yeah, we're watching confidence just turn into results right here, and that's what's happening. That's how you start doing things like doing Michigans to your friend Sonny Milano, who's, I think, a key part of this story. Um, really, when the success began to start happening and flowing is when you, you attached Milano to the hip of Zegers. Two incredibly exciting players, and uh, Zegers is a passer. Milano is the shooter, and it, it, we're, we're watching it work quite well. I th- I like them as my, or I like him as my number one, just because everything seems to be going through Zegers right now. As you mentioned, obviously Getzlaff coming back, but I just see this kid again getting more confidence, which is crazy to say. I don't know where that's going to lead to um, him doing backflips or some shit. Who knows? <laughs> But, um, but yeah, with that, um, with him pissing off, uh, you know, more old coaches as he goes, he's going to do more things, and he's going to get more ice time. We've kind of seen him add minutes, as even before Getzlaff was out, just getting him to 16, 17 minutes it was an upgrade for Zegers from what we were seeing in the first 10, 12, 15 games of the year. So I think this is a case of, as the season progresses, he's just going to continue to, you know, become more and more comfortable out there, do more and more things, and now that he's there with Sonny Milano, if you got either of these two guys in fantasy, um, you're, you're a very happy man. I'll admit... Ricard Raquel as well. Yeah, oh, Ricard Raquel, absolutely. Another friend I mean, of the show. Friend of the show, shooter, um, shoot God. Uh, but yeah, Trevor Zegers, I'll admit, I kind of shit on this guy to start the year. I did not think he should have been on fantasy rosters, but then again, I didn't realize that you know, Sonny Milano would step in. Troy Terry existed. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody really. You know, I, I don't think we can fault you there. I don't think anybody really expected uh, what we've seen from the Ducks thus far. They've been one of the most surprising stories in the NHL. So you know, to, to date, um, you know, leading the Pacific Division here. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk just being like a point per game guy from the point. You know, we all saw that coming clearly. Yeah, he's cooled off a little bit, uh, but yeah. Just uh, Trevor Zegers, you got anything else to add there on, on Zegers before we move on here, D? No, I think him and Raymond are, like you guys said, kind of in a class of their own. You know, they're really the only two that are getting consistent top six minutes mm-hmm. uh, and also, you know, being featured pretty heavily on the power play as well. Yeah, they're the only two that you can rely on to play over 17 minutes a night. Um, and and it, I think it's a little different too, like to be on the top power play mm-hmm. unit or to be like literally the go-to guy. Yeah. Um, and both these guys are just tremendous playmakers and... Um, you know, can obviously score the goal, you know, score the puck as well. Yeah. So, and Brock, um, I know you'll love this. They're both on winning hockey teams. Like, oh my God. Isn't at, that weird? We're going to look at other players on this list. And not and just for the Red Wings. It's weird to say for the Ducks. Oh, too. it's super <laughs> weird to say for both. So they're both on winning successful hockey teams at the moment. And when that's happening and it's running through them, I mean, you can't really hate it. There's another guy on this list who does fall in power play. One who does sometimes roll in the top six, but it's just not on a winning hockey team or as winning as them not as valuable. Um, that's great. I mean, you, you love that as a fantasy owner. We're going to talk about Dawson Mercer next, who's I'm sure you, who you were referring to um, in 27 games. He has Was 15 it? points, seven goals, eight assists. Uh, we've talked about how good Johnson or Johnson Mercer and Brat have been together. They've inexplicably broke that lineup. Uh, we talked about how it was huge that they decided to keep that line together, even though um, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer are back now Heischer's out with COVID, and they still have just decided to break that lineup for no reason. So uh, I, as high as I was on Mercer a couple weeks ago, he now only has one goal, no assists in his last eight games, um, and only playing, well, no, I shouldn't say only, but he's under 17 minutes a night, um, which isn't terrible. Still 16 and a half minutes a night, which is fine. But uh, I, I just think that it's he's shown a clear chemistry with 
Brat and Johnson, and you'd want to see him uh, on that line. So, yeah, you know, I've liked what I've seen from him thus far. He's done some really impressive things. Uh, I think every rookie is probably due for, you know, a cold spell or two throughout the season, and this is certainly one for Dawson Mercer and, and seemingly the entire Duck, uh, Devils team, excuse me. So, uh, D, Dawson Mercer. Yeah, I think he just needed us to talk about him a little bit and that whole team so they could really cool him off, go into a tailspin. But yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we talked about him a few weeks ago, so there's not a whole lot to pile on to that. Um, he's a, you know, first round pick from last year's draft, playing in the top six, seen some power play time as well. And obviously before this cold spell uh, was off to a really nice and, and productive start and still 15 points in 27 games. Uh, with 52 shots on goal, that's all really respectable totals um, for a 20-year-old rookie. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to like here. Obviously, right now, not really the best time to be talking him up. Um, but I, for me, he still cracks my top five just because, you know, that op- kind of opportunity and even the production at half a point a game uh, kind of makes him stand out a little bit among rookies. I got to admit that Dawson's Creek did not crack my top five. Just outside on the six, and e- easily there's a case for him up there, but I'm a little biased with uh, someone else on this list. But this is a guy who we watched, um, as you mentioned, stuff, exciting things happened at the end of the year, but, you know, every um, every exciting thing sometimes has to come to an end. I think we're kind of watching that. It's a guy where, like Brock said, if you if you can keep an eye on those lines, go to DFO, check him out. If he is playing with, uh, with his homies there, you... Uh, Maybe you want to keep an eye on him, keep that at the bottom of your lineup. But right now, just the way he's trending, um, I love him. I don't mind starting him in a spot start. Very fun to watch, but I don't necessarily want him on a, on a roster in a 12-team league. Uh, but yeah, number six on my list of rookies we're going to go over today. I think that the biggest issue, not so much just for Mercer, but that team as a whole, is we haven't seen them fully healthy all season, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got... Never will uh, when Heischer's your captain. Yeah, you got Heischer, and then Hughes is out, and then you got... He was back and he sure's out. So it's going to be interesting when that team's fully healthy to see how the lines shake out. Um, you know, even if you got, it's, it's interesting because you want obviously Jesper Bratt to play a ton of minutes, but even if that ends up being your third line somehow, um, you know, you've got a pretty deep squad, but you, you obviously don't want to be giving Jesper Bratt probably your best winger third line minutes, but they've got to find a way to get those three together and, and see some ice time while also doling out the, you know, a reasonable amount of ice time to Hughes and Heischer, but yeah, um, maybe I, I think in a couple of years we could be talking about this line just being absolutely dominant, but I think just for fantasy purposes, it might be a little too early now. I think like also we have to just, you know, keep in mind that we're talking about Andreas Johnson too. Like he's yeah, fine, but he, it's not like he's just some superstar. Excellent. He got traded for Joey Anderson after all. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a cap dump if I'm not mistaken, but nonetheless, um, you know, no disrespect to Joey Anderson, but uh, Jonathan Dolan's next. D, we know you love Jonathan Dolan. Eight goals, six assists, 14 points in 25 games this season. Uh, in his last seven, he's heating up a little bit. One goal, f- uh, four assists for five points. Uh, I like Dolan a lot as well. Uh, we When we talked about Dolan a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that um, the top line there with Couture, and Timo Meyer yeah. uh, just is not quite the same without Dolan. Um, and you know, they've moved Dolan around, they've moved Meyer around trying to find the right spot, but it seems like they always come back to Dolan, Couture, and Meyer at the end of the day. And uh, my only concern with Dolan is just the shot volume. He just doesn't quite sh- quite shoot enough. Uh, again, he's on a you know five points in his last seven, but only eight, seven or eighteen shots over that stretch. It's not terrible, uh, but I would like to just see a little bit more consistent shot volume out of him because he does have games where he pops for like six. 
Yeah, I actually don't think it's too bad. Like two shots a game. He's only he's still only playing 14 minutes a night. Um, and it's about as good as it gets for rookies, right? In so. that last little stretch, just to interrupt, he is over 16 minutes in that last little stretch. So maybe they are starting to rely on him a little bit more now. Yeah, and he which did just great. have six shots the other night in that two-point game against the Wild. So, um, and I think we talked about it before too, but it has a bit of a kind of, uh, you know, overbearing discrepancy in terms of shots attempted and, and shots on target. So I would expect that to kind of correct itself um, over time. But yeah, that first line, just a super high event uh, line, right? Like they're averaging 37 scoring chances per 60, 19 high danger chances. They give up their fair share as well, but obviously that doesn't, you know, doesn't really bother us in terms of fantasy. We're only worried about them going up and down the ice at that nice pace and, and yeah, creating a ton of chances. So I think as long as he's playing in that spot, um, he's, you know, like we talked about before, I think he's a great streaming target. And I think yep. if your team's thin enough, you can definitely justify holding on to him for a little bit. Cause he's playing on, like I said, a really hot line right now and that top power play unit. Uh, and yeah, that's just more you can say for most rookies right now. So, yeah. And if you're a Yahoo player, um, like, like, well, so it's on this podcast. He's a triple position eligible player. Um, like D said, if you can hang on to that at the bottom of your roster, you can fill that in on most nights when you need to. Um, this is actually my number four rookie on this list. And uh, I originally didn't even have him in the top five just doing the eye test. Then when you go and look at those numbers, it's just so hard not to. Um, he's another guy who I guess could does crack the top six, does crack top power plays. Um, so that's kind of why I had him up in that next echelon, just not quite at the Zegers Raymond level. Um, I think this guy didn't get hurt if he didn't miss a couple games. They'd be talking a lot more about him. Eight goals, six assists, as we mentioned, is very nice. Um, goal first guy. Last year's Kaprizov, I said it day one when we talked about this guy. Not actually last year's Kaprizov, but we got to have a you know mid-20s-year-old rookie just to piss off the, the fans. So here we are, and he's doing well. I think like outside of uh, Zegris and Lucas Raymond, he's the one guy that you can rely on to see plenty of ice time he's the one guy that's heavily featured um in this rookie class of forwards that uh is heavily featured outside of Zegers and Lucas Raymond um all right let's kind of rip through these next couple guys here the next one is Anton Lundell from the Florida Panthers uh he plays a little bit more of a third line role does see plenty of ice time though because they do like to use him in, in a little bit more of like kind of a shutdown role uh plays a little bit more of a defensive uh, role for them. He only has two goals, three assists, and five points in his last 14 games, uh, but is heating up a little bit right now. Um, if you look at his last six games, he has two goals, three assists, five points. So it is heating up a little bit, but again, he's a guy that's more going to be around 15, 15 and a half minutes per night playing on the third line. You know, really never going to sniff that top six playing behind Sam Bennett and Alexander Barkov. So yeah. uh, I, I, as bright of a future as I, I see for Anton Lundell. You know, he, he's going to be a really comp- nice complimentary piece for this Florida Panthers team as the season and playoffs move along. But from a fantasy perspective, he just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, and when we're looking at these last numbers, we got to remember Barco has been out with a knee injury, I believe it was, there for a couple weeks. Uh, missed a couple other games. So these numbers are kind of inflated. These are This is the best that he's going to get um, in this season. Like you said, great complimentary piece. Uh, personally, number seven on my list of rookies. So, uh, D, I don't know if you got anything to say about little Anton. I actually met this dude outside of the bar in Pittsburgh, or, <laughs> or outside of the arena in Pittsburgh a few that's weeks ago. Random. So that's pretty cool. Um, no, story. not a whole lot to add. Obviously, I think you guys hit it on the head, right? There's just uh, a, a couple of pretty sizable roadblocks ahead of him that's really going to cap any upside um, that he can offer this year. Um, next on the list, we've got Cole Sillinger uh, from the – 
Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, and Sillinger was a guy that we talked about a little bit at the start of the season. I don't think we need to talk too much about him now, though. Was in his hot. last 14 games, one goal, one assist, just mm-hmm. two points for uh, Cole Sillinger. So not a whole lot going on there. Um, you know, we've really seen the uh, Jack Roslovich, Max Domi combination bounce back a little bit, right? We saw um, Jack Roslovich being healthy scratch at the start of the season. Now all of a sudden you're getting multi goal multi-point performances from Domi and Roslovich so that's definitely eating into uh Sillinger's ice time he just you know obviously it's a pretty nice story got drafted this summer immediately jumps into the NHL as an 18 year old had a nice start but he's really starting to cool off as I mentioned just two points in his last 14 so um you know just when, a, uh, when, when he was cooking playing like 17 minutes a night also on the top power play unit I think he was a decent streaming option there's not a whole lot there now yeah, just a classic case of one of those hot rookies that I think is very likely won't be on the team as we end the year. Um, could could keep him around, but what's the point in playing this guy 10 minutes a night at where you're at? They still play a decent um, amount, but yeah, I don't disagree with you there. It's not like they're going to be a team that's you know reliant on him to get them to the playoffs. <laughs> no, he, yeah. he's, if it's better for his development, he's certainly going to go elsewhere. Um, all right, D, this is a guy that, you know, we're going to go to you first because he's, you know, on your Toronto your Maple Leafs. Sure, yeah. uh, Michael Bunting <laughs> has been terrific. He, uh, again, a bit of a slow start to the season, but a lot of that was probably more tied to the fact that he wasn't immediately in the top six. He, he was a little bit kind of bounced around first line, fourth line, wasn't all that productive to start. Uh, his last 15 games, four goals, nine assists, 13 points in his last 15. Um, still only playing about 14 minutes a night over that stretch. He's seen a little bit more ice time recently, uh, but with you know Marner out and, and still for a little bit of time here, we've seen some nice production out of Bunting, um, Matthews and Andre Kasha. Yeah, I'd, the thing with Bunting obviously is just not going to see um, any power play time, and if he ever does make it on, it's going to be with that um, the second unit. I think he is getting a little bit of time there now with the injuries they have. Um, but yeah, you know, it's hard to imagine him um, kind of jumping up to that top unit anytime soon. I would imagine you know Simmons would be in line to kind of take Kasha's spot right now. And again, this is just assuming they get into more injury trouble because obviously Marner is going to return. Uh, and take that spot from Kosh. So, yeah, I think he's still a couple rings down from ever getting a, a shot or a run there on the top power play unit, and that's obviously, you know, going to cap his upside, and, you know, it's why I'm a little bit higher on some of the other guys we've talked about so far tonight. I think, you know, kind of best-case scenario would be the production that you would get out of Zach Hyman in that spot, kind of the 20-goal, 20-assist thing that he did for a couple of years with the Leafs or that sort of pace anyway. Um, so yeah, nothing spectacular, right? Can maybe crack the bottom of your fantasy lineup more than anything. I think he's a really good streaming option, uh, on a night to night basis, but the fact that he plays for the Leafs probably drives his ownership up, ownership up a little bit more than it should be. So, yeah, I really like bunting personally. I, yeah. got, I got him at number three. Um, I don't want to drive up the same tree cause just for all the reasons, if you listen to last week's episode that, um, that, you know, I like him. He's there. He's attached to those guys. He looks like he fits in. Playing with Austin Matthews is always a good thing. It's unreal. Um, and it's pretty crazy to have that jump ahead of Darlene, who actually gets power play time. But just honestly, playing with those guys on that line just just does it. Yeah, like I'm saying, he's Martin's only playing about back. 15 minutes a night, and that's all at 5v5. Yeah. So And he's doing beautiful things. Yeah. Um, okay, Alex Bun Newhook, uh, from one fan favorite to the other, or yeah. I, guess I should say co-host favorite to the other, uh, Alex Newhook, again, this is another Fancy. guy who uh, was sent down to the AHL for a period of time, comes back up, has been pretty solid for the Avalanche. Um, 
you know, seems to have found some confidence down in the AHL. But again, not a guy that's going to play a super large role, but he does have three goals, two assists, five points in his last six, but just over 14 minutes a night in that spot. Again, only 11 shots as well. So the shot volume, not really there. We'll see some power play two time, but Biebs, I'm not going to talk too much about your boy. Yeah. Uh, I like New York. I got him at number five here on the rookie um, on my rookie rankings, I guess. As you mentioned, kind of heating up as of late, and I think that's kind of like the Trevor Zegers effect. It's just confidence coming, playing more minutes. We're watching this new generation of kids where they're just nasty. Like They have hands like I've never seen. Zegers and Newhook is right there with them. Um, th- that first round, that one, you just had all these, yeah, these filthy kids. Caulfield was another one. Just these guys who can just go end-to-end. Almost. I mean, we've watched Newhook do that twice now this year i believe it not not end to end but literally just cut through d from center ice you don't see that from many many rookies it's the confidence it's the more ice time that's what really just has him at five for for me here it's the guy right now i honestly think you can i have him at the bottom of my roster in a 12 team league and i've tried to drop him this week just for a streaming spot it really just doesn't make sense though especially after tonight um now playing top line this is kind of a point that I wanted to make. There, he he's getting to the point where they can start to trust him with those top six minutes. If anyone does go down, Colorado this year has been absolutely riddled with injuries. Now COVID's running through him. Um, I mean, you can't ever bet on injuries, but if if you're gonna bet on someone moving up the lineup, I think we're looking at a guy right there who's clearly shown the confidence, shown the skill to do it, and while doing it, even playing that third line, Brock, you mentioned it, second power play. He is getting a nice. You know, they're getting 30, 45 seconds every single time. And, and when yeah, that, as long as that top unit doesn't score. Exactly, yeah. And, and and when they do get out there, Newhook is a, a central piece of that second power play. And it's led to a couple power play points so far this year. I just like him a bit more than the guys we have at 6, 7, 8, blah, I blah, blah, I feel your blah. bias bleeding incredibly, through Incredibly, right <laughs> incredible bias. But it, it's also just the, the, I don't know, he has the protected minutes. Maybe that makes him look a lot better than it is. But he, he, hey, he is what, quite whatever, noticeable out there. Whatever gets the job yeah. done. And, um, and lately, like I said, he's been fantasy-ownable. Uh, you, you mentioned it, five points in his last, I think it's four. Six games, yeah. yeah six. Um, at that point, you know, keep them on the roster. And, yeah, if they continue, obviously, you know, with players testing positive for COVID, I, I promised I wasn't going to talk about it too much. But um, if they end up, you know, that could be 10 days. If they end up continuing to play, yeah. that could be 10 days without, you know, somebody like JT Confer, without somebody like Andre Burakovsky, Gabriel Landis-Cog landed on IR. So those are t- at least two spots, maybe three, He's kind of that like have opened now. up in that top six. And, you know, maybe he does find a little bit of a home on the wing as opposed to at center on, you know, on Kadri's line or maybe McKinnon's line. So uh, that could be a a nice short-term addition if, you know, they continue to play hockey games. He's kind of like Lundell where like, he's never going to move up mm, above that. There's always Kadri. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, you know, if he moves to the wing, he he could be, he could be resourceful for sure. Um, And one of the more interesting rookies, and this is the last one we're going to talk about here is Cole Caulfield. Obviously he was drafted the highest of anybody on this list. Um, not only has it gone poorly for Cole Caulfield, it's gone poorly for the Montreal Canadiens as a whole, but Caulfield was drafted with high hopes and people were literally expecting, uh, you know, maybe him to be their number two right winger on their fantasy team. And he hasn't done anything. Yeah, I mean, you have Trevor Zegers tweeting pregame or preseason that he's going to score 40 goals this season, and it's just been nowhere close to that. So, uh, D, just to close out the rookies here, uh, Cole Caulfield, is there any hope here, or is he just drop candidate, leave him on the waiver wire, hope for better things next year? Yeah, and redraft leagues, you know, I you're going to have to see it before, you know, you ever really 
um, look at rostering the guy. Uh, the one thing that is good to see is he's still shooting the puck a lot, especially of lately, right? Um, in his last five games, he's got 14 shots on goal, so mm-hmm. almost three shots a game there. The ice time's up, especially in the last three. But, yeah, like we're, we're obviously grasping at straws here. Like We need to see that hard projection. Uh, yeah, in redraft leagues, like I said, I, I'm really – not going to be that interested until you can put a few games together. Uh, obviously, we've all seen the potential, though, right? And, you know, he's flashed that upside. And uh, like I said, I, I think his release is just outstanding. I think he's a really good skater. He's a great puck handler. So there's no reason why, you know, in a, in a year or two, like you say, um, he can't put it all together. Uh, certainly in keeper leagues is a guy I'm holding on to because, like I said, that long-term upside is, is massive still. But, yeah, redraft leagues, I'm going to need to see it. Yeah, he's certainly not broken, um, like you said. But but this year, I just I just want nothing to do with him. Um, obviously, the two percent shooting percentage can't. Uh, I mean, it definitely can always get better. But this is the guy we're looking at in the third slot on the Tim Hortons hockey challenge. I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> That's how we base our opinions here on yeah. the DFO podcast. In his last ten, he does have five points, one goal, four assists, twenty three shots, so two point three shots per game over that stretch. Uh, just four point three shooting percentage. Obviously, not very good. But yeah, keeper leagues fine. Other than that, it's going to be very difficult to trust. All right, let's send it over to the Blue Stones uh, for 60 seconds. You guys haven't heard them in the middle of an episode in quite some time, but we landed perfectly on the 30-minute mark. So let's break it up here with some Blue Stones. When we return, we're going to talk about some players that we haven't touched on enough this season, both good and bad. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Best 60 seconds of the day. gentlemen to season seven episode 19 of very the steve dfo Eiserman. podcast a very steve azierman episode of the daily face so disrespectful of you i don't that's how he was drafted steve. that's how he came into the league that's how he's coming out of it look at your shirt right now yeah go abs sackic go joe sackic not steve azierman i like i liked joe sackic which is a, a tough thing to wow admit that's as a, a as a very red wings contrarian opinion you well as a red wings fan though like that was very like i hated every ab but it was impossible everyone like joe sackic it was impossible to hate called, joe sackic yeah the best nickname the amount of times i hear from people like oh man i love joe sackic and peter forsberg and i'm like yeah you like the yeah, best no team doubt. in hockey in the 90s like no no the shit best team in the 90s. that was cute <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was cute of you Jeez. Anyways, let's Jeez. move on before we start a full on. The boys just start scrapping. I feel like Lemieux's pens were better than your Red Wings, but and those are also the nineties. Lemieux's pens. No. Okay, so you're gonna take on Lemieux, Ron Francis, Yarmir Yager, Martin Straka. Give me the, the Red Wings. Who's literally, the Tommy Barrasso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Barrasso. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Um, the Red Wings. Literally better than Chris Osgood. He's going to the Hall. Man. Who was the first one? That was Vernon. The first one. Yeah. 
Mikey nice. V is a stud, dude. Nice. Anyway, you know Dominic Hasek. We assembled the greatest hockey team in the history of that 80, was two thousand eighty year old Dominic Hasek. Hasek. That was two thousand two, yeah. and they yeah. were the best. You came in late in the nineties, but you just put your foot down saying you were the best team in the nineties. We were. Okay. Okay. All right. All, All right. right. Well, we'll look at the rosters after this. But okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. What are we talking about? We're going to be talking about some guys that Brock doesn't think we talk about enough. <laughs> yeah. Hot Even guys. Timo Meyer's on this list. So. We haven't talked about him a lot this year. Figure of course, we talk about Timo Meyer a lot, but we haven't talked about him a lot this year. Uh, which and is yeah, crazy. As Brock said, both good and bad. And we're going to try to rifle through this so we can get through as many guys as possible because that's what we love to do. Quality. Quantity over quality here at the VFO <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Nailed it. Is yeah. it possible to have quality and quantity? No, no. these guys, no. This three. Absolutely not. Yeah, we're talking about a trio here of yeah. quantity. Um, so we're going to start off with none other than Timo Meyer. Yeah, never heard of him. Uh, on an absolute heater, killing it this season. He's got 28 points in 24 games, uh, in case you didn't know. Um, and big friend of the show. Um, yeah. Yeah, not only do we talk about him a lot, he's a frequent listener as well. He's always emailing us his thoughts yeah. on the show. Not true. Um, and yeah, really nice guy. He calls it Timo time. Comes from a lovely family, uh, but playing a ton of minutes. I don't think there's a whole lot more to say because we've talked about Shoots him a shit for ton. a ton of years. It's great to finally see that breakout come to fruition. And we already talked about that line tonight and how much they're popping at even strength. Like Timo Meyer is the reason why I like Jonathan Dolan uh, as much as I do. Um, absolute stud. Brock, what do you got to say about Timo Meyer? Just really briefly, you as you said, not a whole lot to say about him, but yeah. Mention a shot. There's only yeah. been there's only Talk been about a shot. one Talk about a shots, Brock. There's only been one instance this season where this man has gone two games without a point. Yeah. But talking about a he shot. He puts up points like it's going out of style. But the shots, yeah. my oh. goodness. <laughs> the shots, dude. Four point six. Ooh. Sorry. Four point four six. Still nice. Also known as four point five shots per game. Oh, 104, sorry, 107 and 24. He's just a freak. 28 points, 24 games. But just picking up points routinely. And when we started talking about this guy, it was always just about, like, can he take that next step? Can he take the next step? Sure, he has started to, but this year he has really asserted himself as a potential 95, 100-point player if he keeps this up. So and he's only saying, shooting 10.3%. Obviously, that's helped by the fact that he's just shoots the puck more than seemingly anybody on the face of the earth. Uh, on a shooting percentage at 11.3 is a little bit high, but he's really somebody that could crack into that 90-point plateau, previous career high of 66. So this is just a, a new level for Timo Meyer. So we're and, saying sustainable. Hell yeah. I would say the point per game pace yeah. is certainly sustainable. Whether or not he gets a, a 90, 95, shots. then you know I think that's a little bit. Um, I think we've got some, you know, yeah, he's missed no, a couple some games wiggle room too. there. But he could certainly get to forty goals. He's the question. team who we've been talking about for years, though. The team who's been a fan of the show for years. Yeah, so. we were just hoping to see him get back to as Brock said that sixty-six yeah. point guy, right? Thirty goals, thirty-six points um, in his third full season. So we were kind of just hoping that he'd get back to that because the last few seasons, obviously. Um, you know, the surrounding core has gotten a lot worse and his uh, numbers have fallen off as well. So to see him not only get back to that, but yeah, reaching new heights is, uh, it's uh, just really rewarding. And yeah. as a podcast co-host has been pumping his tires for half a decade now, it's just great to see, you know, sometimes you just have to talk about a guy for five years before we reap the rewards. Eventually it's going to hit. And when it does, into existence. There, there, Don't mind the fact that he was drafted ninth overall and he, he was at top. No, no, no. It was us <laughs> that made this happen. We basically drafted him. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so the next guy on the list originally was William Nylander, but we're apparently just going to gloss over the fact that he's been an absolute monster this season. Yeah, he's good. We did talk about him during the wing episodes as a breakout candidate. Don't forget it. Um, so we'll <laughs> stick with the Maple Leafs here. Instead of talking about Willie, because everybody knows Willie, another friend of the show, just to just to pump the boys' tires a little bit, Andre Kasha. I feel like we haven't talked about yeah. this guy much in the last two years because he hasn't played hockey. He's back <laughs> playing hockey. He's healthy as ever, and he's been terrific. Recently moved up to the top line as well, which is just like the greatest thing you could ever imagine. His, here's his time on ice in his last three games, 18-10, 19 I mean, come on. But in his last eight games, four goals, five assists, nine points, just terrific stuff. 24 shots in that span. The shot volume is good. He's playing with Austin Matthews and the superstar Michael Bunting. I mean, what more could you want? Obviously, it's probably pretty (laughs) short-term. Marner's not going to be out forever. Yeah. A couple more weeks, maybe. Out till after Christmas, most likely. He's just such a natural fit playing that net front presence, though, Mm -hmm. and and a bit of a bumper as well on the power play that you kind of, like, as a Leaf fan, you want to maybe find out if there's a way to fit him in there or it almost makes you... um, Maybe think if maybe we should look at balancing out the units a little bit more, right? Like Marner and Matthews here, Tavares, Nylander there. Like, I I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, he's really played that well. He's creating a lot of chances himself on the power play and just he looks great in that bump banging well. in those goals out of nothing. Uh, but yeah, like you said, obviously a lot of this has been spurred on by the absence of Mitch, Mar- Mitch Marner. So I don't know, maybe Muzzin can just take another run of him in practice, <laughs> knock him out for another month or two. And a little scrap they had was only, yeah, it was a great little scrap. Yeah, no but, other team's media are you ever going to see that scrap. I love how it was uh, just called no a minor collision. <laughs> yeah. I love how it was called a minor collision. And then it's just like, also though, they out for four weeks. <laughs> also, Mitch was mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was funny. We were talking about before the show. I felt silly, like how much uh, I think we ended up talking about the signing in the preseason. No. Uh, but yeah, it was just easy to see as, like you guys said, a low cost and just super high upside play. The guy was really, really good that rookie year when he scored 20 goals. Is as Mitch a, a systems player, though? Yeah. People are asking. Is he a systems player? Yeah. Look at Cash. Cash, Cash, Cash is, is doing the same it. thing. Is Mitch a systems player? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Or you can just give Kosh a $10 million contract either way. Probably oh. <laughs> one or the other. Probably right? will come next year. Don't worry. No, I think, I, but I think, you know, he's like borderline must own in the short term, right? Because on uh, absolutely, he's got one up on Bunting. He's 100%. got twice the shot volume right beautiful. now on that top power play unit as well. Um, so, yeah, I think as long as he's top line, top unit, um, how, you got to make room for him on your It roster. was hard to not talk about him when we were talking about Michael Bunting. I wanted to be like, hey, let's just talk about Cash now. That's saved some him, excellent restraint. Sta- saved there. him for the second half because this is a guy that we talked about for years as just somebody who was just basically on the cusp of breaking out, it seemed. And then every, and then every year he, he came close, back and we're like, he's injured. People forgot about him. Yeah, so and then he got injured again. And then it yeah. finally has all come together for him this season. Uh, Ryan Hartman, speaking of everything coming together, uh, Ryan Hartman has been absolutely terrific. He's really kind of found a home um, at center of all places. We saw him play center a little bit towards mm-hmm. the end of last season. Um, and then full-time this season, they seem to you know really like what they got out of him. And, and playing... Um, you know, more of a rugged role between two really high, highly skilled players in Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello has paid dividends uh, for the Wild, and, and it's obviously helped Ryan Hartman's fantasy stock. So a little bit quiet through the start of the season, but in his last 22 games, this guy has 11 goals, 10 assists, 21 points. He's a plus 15. He has 78 shots on goal. He's playing over 18 minutes a night. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for out of a fantasy center. Uh, Ryan Hartman has been really kind of the whole package and uh and you just love to see it on, on a on a line with uh Kaprizov also on the top power play unit 
Lots, oodles of good things. Uh, I don't know if I should go to Biebs here because I know you hate the Minnesota Wild with a burning passion. Yeah. But uh, you got to respect what we've seen out of Ryan Hartman, who's gone from basically 0% owned to uh, a must-own at this point. Yeah. Career high before this season was absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, 31 points, I believe. Yeah. Never gotten more than 31 points, which is, uh, you know, not great. But uh, I love what's happening. Obviously going to slow down. I think we've seen through the last six or seven years in the NHL that Ryan Hartman is not a point-per-game player. But, I mean, enjoy it while you can. But is it going to slow down? He's playing almost three minutes more per night. It is. He's shooting... Last year, he had 74 shots yeah, in 51 the shots games. This year, he's at 96 shots in 28 games already. He's only shooting 13.5%. It's a little bit high, but it's say, not something crazy unsustainable. 5. And he's playing with Kaprizov, and he's on yeah. top power play. I don't think that Brian Hartman is going to finish the season with 82 points or whatever no. he's on pace for right now. But for him 70. to creep into the 70s is certainly doable. Yeah. No, I'm saying ride it forever and while you can because i don't think you're ever really going to get the value that you deserve for a guy who's playing like this because people will always tell you if you could trade him maybe it's a ryan hartman. owner yeah that's maybe that's maybe the one person but yeah no i i, I mean i'm saying ross this guy have him until if it does fall apart if not you're set you're fine it doesn't matter um but yeah like you said the shots are way better um and that leads to success which we're watching happen Gonna beat his career high of thirty-two points, thirty-one points. Congrats, Ryan Hartman. Um, yeah, but no, it's good. It's good to be attached to the best player on your team. He did look really good when he broke into the NHL in yeah. Chicago. Nineteen goals, kinda, and then he kind of just fell off the face of the earth. And he was playing a pretty significant role at times during his rookie season, and uh, and then kind of fell off the face. So it's nice to see him kind of bounce back here. Anything to add on Ryan Hartman? D? No, I mean that fourteen percent on ice shooting percentage is, is probably the biggest red flag in there. But yeah, you love the usage. Um, you love the minutes he's getting. And in opportunities that he's getting, and of course, like you guys say, being stapled alongside uh, Kaprizov, certainly the spot to be, and the shot volume is really, really encouraging. So, you know, I think he's found money right now. Like you guys said, I don't think he attracts a lot of name value. So, you know, I don't think he's the best guy to look to move or sell high on. But, uh, yeah, found money, and I'd be holding on to him as long as he stays on that top line. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy it while you can because, yeah, like you said, you're never going to get that value. Up to 83% owned. Deserved. Good, good for Ryan Hartman. I'm, he's not on this list, but I just wanted just to uh, give a quick shout-out um, while we're talking about the Minnesota Wild to 30-year-old Marcus Foligno, who has 13 goals in 28 games. Marcus Foligno uh, has already destroyed his previous career high in goals and is currently on pace for 38 Genos. Doable. Let's not mention the fact that he's leading the NHL with a 30.2 shooting percentage. He also, um, but it's just as Ryan the, Hartman's also leading the NHL in plus minus, by the way. Yes, 20, Ooh, plus 20. Very impressive. The opposite of Jacob Chitrin. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Marcus Foligno because yeah. I don't think that name has ever been uttered on this podcast, but yeah. he's also got 79 hits. So, I don't know. Maybe this is your poor man's Brady Kuchuk. Killing penalties as their first power or first penalty kill guy, and he's, uh, he's also touching and power play so that i mean that bodes well across the board yeah playing with joel erickson now helps uh next on the list is pavel buchnevich buchnevich is a guy that uh, i talked about a little bit in the preseason because of how strongly he finished um his season in um new york last year i think it was something about like 40 points in his last 40 games or 41 in his last 40 something like that just outrageous and he has picked up right where he left off 
in St. Louis, playing a lot with Vladimir Tarasenko, Robert Thomas, when he was in the lineup. Uh, you know, a sluggish start, you know, about half a point per game through his first 10. In his last 17, 8 goals, 12 assists, 20 points, playing upwards of 19 and a half minutes per night. Uh, Buchnevich has been simply terrific, shooting the puck uh, a ton as well. Yeah. I, I agree. I, think, <laughs> I, I figured you guys didn't have a whole lot to add. On no, he's been really average. good. I, I think, you know, every he's if anything, he's improved on some of the underlying numbers that made you a little bit yeah. weary of his ability to repeat a season a year ago. So, yeah, I, I think he's in a great spot. Uh, the shot volume is the big thing. You know, he's always been uh, able to convert at a high clip, career 13.6% shooter, uh, and he's held that this year too, 12.8 so far this year with that increased shot volume. So great to see yeah. still converting those same amount of chances while finding – uh, a way to get more pucks on net. So, yeah, a lot to like here with Booch. Yeah, this is nothing new. Quiet 48 and 54 games last year. And I say quiet because realistically no one really talked about it. Um, and that's just under a point per game. That's phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, no surprise here. Put him with a guy named Vladimir, and uh, he's going to he's gonna do nice things. Uh- I think the biggest issue for Buchnevich in New York was always just a, a lack of a, of a well, it was just a lack of a, a, a quality role, right? You know, he'd get a, a small run on the in the top six, then he'd be back in the third line. Where in New York, he's or excuse me, St. Louis, he's playing routinely uh, about nineteen minutes per night. All right, two guys that we have definitely talked about before that. I think that this is basically. I, I think I lied. This isn't guys that we haven't talked yeah. about before. It's guys that we haven't talked about in a while a that we used to talk about a lot. And now we're just here to just, you know, pile on. Remind a people more. that they're sick. <laughs> Remind people why you listen to the show. Drake Batherson and Josh Norris, two of my favorites. Right now, if you go to NHL.com slash stats and go to points per game, you will find Drake Batherson currently sitting ninth in the NHL. He has nine goals, 19 assists, 28 points in just 22 games this season. He has been simply fantastic for the Ottawa Senators. That top line is one of my favorites when it comes to playing DFS. If you watch the DFO DFS report, you will know uh, just how much I love Ottawa 1. They're coming off just one of the most insane nights ever, uh, chasing Spencer Knight all the way to the AHL. And uh, a lot of that has to do with Drake Batherson. Josh Norris, not too far behind, leads the Senators in goals. He has 14 in 27 games. He's the, you know, basically the Marcus Foligno of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, he has 14 goals, eight assists, 22 points in 22 ga- 27 games. Excuse me. So Ottawa won. Took him a little bit while to get going. Batherson got hurt for a minute. They're firing on all cylinders again, and uh, and we just definitely need to be given a shout to Drake and Josh. Yeah. Isn't that a show? It was. Never heard of it. Did you hear uh, Did you hear no. Brady Kachuk Drake, say that the other day? It was funny. He's like, yeah, Drake and Josh. And then he's like, whoa, isn't that a show? He's like, did I just start something? <laughs> Phenomenal. He loved it. I would love uh, to see a couple more shots from Batherson, but I mean, beggars can't be choosers. This guy's just going nuts this year. Um, but yeah, that, that just helped him a little bit. Josh uh, Josh Norris, just 65% owned Batherson up to 79%. Uh, Chandler Stevenson. Crit. Not really somebody we've talked a whole lot about in years past. I feel like we're normally like, tempering down the flames on the Chandler Stevenson yes. trains. Well, yeah. because like normally the underlying numbers are pretty good. The or power he's a play, weekend streamer. The power play usage isn't great. He's a weekend streamer, not somebody that you really want to add, commit a full-time roster spot to. Uh, he has seven assists in his last two games, <laughs> which is just fucking just nuts. But it's not just the last two games. The season as a whole, 
29 points in 27 games. That's fine. The shot volume is certainly a concern. Just 44 shots over that span, shooting 20.5%. But a full-time ride, at least temporarily, with Pacioretty and Stone is, is incredible. So... 29 points. Obviously, seven of those came in the last two games. So prior to that, he had 22 in 25. But still, nothing to scoff at. Uh, Chandler Stevenson has been great. thing I will add is that you should move him now because Jack Eichel is going to be back eventually, right? Yeah, and again, I don't know if this is a guy you're going to be able to get a whole lot for. but So it might be, um, yeah, another one of those situations where it's just found money, right? And you just kind of take him for what he is. Yeah. Um, cause there's obviously some red flags here, right? Like he's, like you said, Brock, he's only shot the puck 44 times on ice stream percentage is 14.2%. Uh, I will add, he's always shot at a high clip himself. Uh, just doesn't really shoot the puck at all, but he does have a career shooting percentage of 16.2%. So the fact that he's at 20.5 so far this year, it's not shocking. Um, but obviously that's got to come down a little bit. Uh, and then even the on ice, like his three seasons, he's been in Vegas. He's had a 12.0, a 13.2 and a 14.2, all super above average. And, what we would expect to come back down to earth. And I think it's worth noting that both those two seasons were shortened seasons as well. Um, but yeah, th- this is all to say that he's playing with great talent. That's certainly able to um, sustain uh, an above average on a shooting percentage. He shoots at a higher clip than usual himself, but uh, above all else, just that lack of shot volume means that there's, it's just kind of a pretty hollow floor to his production. So yeah. Um, yeah. If you can get anything concrete for him, absolutely. I'd, I'd be looking to move him, but otherwise, like I said, you I have to figure that you'd be able to move him for, Something of value. Uh, I don't know if you're ever going to get your value. It's kind of like Hartman. Like, like no, but you're not going to you're not going to be able to move guy. him for somebody great. But you should be able to move him for something reasonable. Something that's wild about seven assists, two games. <laughs> has, Who does that? Scanley has four power play points. He's over a point per game with only four power play points. There's, I, I bet you cannot find that or that type of production in five v five. Very often throughout fantasy teams, never. I just really like that. Um, it just shows that you know if something were to happen another injury and they need to fill in Chandler Stevenson can somehow improve these stats which is fucking crazy um obviously the heater that Pat Reddy's on helps but Pat Reddy's gonna go on heaters so you know if he's there to if he's there to be uh Pat Reddy's been an absolute yeah. freak of nature if he's there to be the apple tree to Pat Reddy then you know what right yeah absolutely um all right the last guy that we're gonna talk about here in the good category is Anthony Stellars uh, John Gibson a little bit banged up, shouldn't be out too, too long, but Stellars is somebody that we have talked about, believe it or not, before, just about how quietly good he has played during his time in Anaheim. Uh, he's really been kind of a revelation for them in that backup role behind John Gibson, somebody that they can rely on to give John, or spell John Gibson from time to time. Just wanted to point out that he's 6-0 in his last six appearances Crazy. with a 951 save percentage and two shutouts. So, uh, I don't know if John Gibson's going to miss too much more time. He's already back on the ice, so I don't think you need to be rushing to the waiver wire to be picking up Anthony Stellars. But certainly just needed to put his name on your radar if it wasn't already. Whenever you see this man coming up uh, or the Ducks coming up with a couple of back-to-back games in a week, Stellars might be worth an early pickup because you know he's going to get that action. And just to let you know, they've got back-to-backs to start next week if they decide to play hockey games. Let's move along now. We're not going to dwell on these guys too much, right? You know, it's it's we don't like to harp on every anybody on this show um, unless it's super warranted. But uh, just some bad guys that we just really need to reflect on and, and take a look at here and just say, hey, what, what 
these guys going to do moving forward? Uh, the first is Ryan O'Reilly. The season of the whole hasn't been very good to Ryan O'Reilly. He has slowly started to pick things up, but just 12 points in his last 20 games, um, which isn't terrible, but from where you probably would expect Ryan O'Reilly to be, I don't think that you would... Uh, you know, peg him to be quite a bit worse than Chandler Stevenson? No. Would you move Chandler Stevenson for Ryan O'Reilly right now? No. I'd hang on to Chandler Stevenson. I think I'd move for O'Reilly. O'Reilly just shooting 6.1% over the last 20 games. Does have 49 shots. So uh, about three shots per game. Sorry, uh, two and a half shots per game for uh, for O'Reilly there. But... I think it's close. I, I think that obviously you get a little bit more of a reliable role out of Ryan O'Reilly. Stevenson's role is certainly there, but Eichel's not going to be crazy far off from a return. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just think Riley's a much more, or sorry, O'Reilly is a much more reliable um, piece and almost like a more reliable version than Stevenson, right? Like, here's a guy, no, he's not going to score you a ton of goals, but at least you know the shot volume is going to be there. Um, you know, he's going to get you around 20 to 25 goals for the full season. Uh, the assist numbers should be higher than they are. He's been pretty unfortunate to just be at, uh, you know, an assist every other game, which is still uh, pretty solid. But, you know, for O'Reilly, this is a guy we're used to seeing top, uh, you know, high 40s uh, totals and assists. So, uh, yeah, he was almost a point-per-game player last year. And very quite clearly there's some underlying numbers here that help explain, um, you know, his struggles so far. So he's just like, you know, the, the classic guy that we would look to to bounce back sooner than later and yeah certainly just that role and all the underlying numbers just make him to me a much more solidified option than Stevenson going forward one thing that does worry about me worry me about O'Reilly I mean yes I do believe he's going to do better but it's just the fact that I think with us talking about Bushnevich about that line being such an offensive threat you know they're not taking defensive minutes we can we've talked about on other 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 episodes that line is go 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 I think that means that O'Reilly's getting matched up with other teams' top centers, just having a more defensive role. I think that's why we've seen some regression here. He's been able to just take that step back, which is, uh, I mean, it's great for his game out there, um, but not, I think, not great for the fantasy. I think the biggest well. issue uh, that has plagued Ryan O'Reilly thus far is this David Perron's been hurt. Those are They're, they're boys. Yeah. They're tied at the hip. No, that's and, it. And, and, uh, and O'Reilly's numbers, underlying numbers, certainly take a hit without... Uh, David Perron in the lineup. So once Perron gets back, I think that there's going to be some bounce back potential. Uh, somebody that I don't really think is going to have much bounce back potential is Tyler Segan. No. Uh, he just seems to, it's impossible for this man to move up the lineup. He's playing with Radic Faxa and Luke Glendening, and he just can't get regular minutes. And we talked about this in the preseason. We liked Segan as a bounce back candidate, somebody that could step in and, and really reclaim a lot of the value that we once saw, but we were not sure what his role was going to be behind Rupe Hins, Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson. They were so good last year, and they have not missed a beat this year. They've been just as good as advertised, and it's really come at the expense of Tyler Segan. But we've seen, you know, Jamie Benn centering the second line. We've seen him playing with Radulov. We haven't seen a lot of Tyler Segan. He is still, you know, in his last 11 games, he has just two goals, zero assists, averaging under 16 minutes of ice time. There's just not a lot to speak about because the one thing that you could rely on with Tyler Seagan was that shot volume. In those 11 games, 21 shots. It's not this Tyler Seagan of old. Yeah. The only thing about Tyler Seagan, if, if, if I guess he would be a, a buy low if you're in a very deeper league. Um, I wouldn't mind having him at the bottom of my roster if I could, say if someone's looking to drop him. Um, just because, you know, the ceiling is there. But like you said, I... I 
I wouldn't want to own this guy right now. Um, realistically, if I drafted him, because I'm definitely not getting the value I drafted him at. Because if you drafted him anywhere, you're not getting the value you drafted him at. Yeah, it's just a frustrating situation. Uh, but you have to hold on to him, right? Like the the guy's talent is, is without question. Like it's there, right? And we talked about that shot volume. It's it's almost you know unparalleled in the NHL. So. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think we need to also just consider the fact that he had a major in- major injury. Yeah, I, like, I don't think he's back yet. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's thirty. Maybe he'll never quite get back to what he was before that injury. It, you know, it, it came at pretty much that that brutal time, just as he's you know getting over that, um, hitting that what is traditionally the hill and, and getting on the other side of it. So it's not ideal. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the driving force behind this more than anything is his usage. So when yeah. you have a player as talented as him, and you know what's holding him back more than anything is simply his role in the lineup. You just have to stay patient. Um, it's really frustrating though. Cause even tonight, right. Uh, with hints being out, uh, Ben moves up to the top line and instead of Sagan, and we haven't really seen Ben play that much down the middle of the last few seasons. So yeah, it, it's certainly, you know, super frustrating. I, I can only imagine how frustrating he is, uh, himself. Cause you know, they're paying him all this money and you know, they work so hard to get him back and to get him healthy and to make sure he was ready to go for the season just to play him in the bottom six. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. So tomorrow, they don't play again until tomorrow, but it does look like there could be hope on the horizon. Uh, Hints is back, expected to be back tomorrow. The, top, the second line is looking like it's going to be Jamie Bennett center with Segan on the wing, which is completely backwards from what we've seen in years past. But maybe this is a sign of things to come for Segan. Maybe they are going to start in, you know, putting him in that top six, and this could be an opportunity to buy him low. And when we say buy him low, it's literally buy him for probably next to yeah. nothing. Yeah. Bottom dollar type of guy. Yeah, you're getting second you plus for Chandler Stevenson, right? Like, yeah, it's 100%. <laughs> Chandler Stevenson for Segan and, and, and a bunch of other things, most likely. He's actually been dropped in 25% of leagues. He's at 75% owned. Yeah. He was getting dropped a couple months ago, and I, I was telling people you're dumb for dropping him, and look who's the dumb one you're now. You're dumb. I know. It might, it might not ever turn around this year, but, like, you know, if, say He's it doesn't, like, next year I'm still going to be dropping oh, him at, at, the end sure of my, at the end of the yeah. at the end of the draft, right? I'll take him on the end of my roster. You tell me he has a shit year. He doesn't get absolutely fueled in the yeah. offseason and come out like a fucking horse yeah, next or year. or he gets traded. Like, yeah. I mean, that contract's probably never getting traded at this point, but that's yeah, the other thing, right? Yeah. Like, if they ever do want to look at moving it, like, you're going to need to restore some of that value a little bit. So Absolutely. Yeah. Next on this is Alexis Lafreniere. Obviously did struggle a season ago as a rookie. Yeah. I think people still drafted this guy. Not very high, but at least reasonably high. Um, you know, probably the 11th-ish round, uh, in and around there, hoping that things would take a turn for the better this season. Yeah. It has not come to fruition. He has three goals, one assist in his last 21 games played. Time on ice in that time is 12 minutes and 14 seconds. The one thing of a positive note that I will say about Lexi Lafreniere. Well, you found a positive in there. Oh, yes, that's good. Is that that third line, for whatever reason, regardless of what their production on the score sheet shows, is producing scoring chances at an outrageous clip. Yeah. Uh, you've got Julian Gauthier, Philip Heidel, and Lexi Lafreniere. It's not showing up on the scoreboard. If it's not, I don't expect it to. Their, you know, their, their per 60 rates are incredible. The problem is when you're only playing 10 minutes of 5v5 yeah. ice a night, chances are you're still probably not going to get on the scoreboard. Yeah. Fool me once. 
Fool me twice, you're at Alexis at Lafreniere because yeah. he's got me both years. Wish we could just get him on the World us. Junior team. And just he can leave. play in the uh, AHL this year, right? Yeah, yeah, and it looks like he might be on that way. I mean, why not? Like, why are you yeah. playing him nine, ten minutes so a night? Stupid, it's, yeah. it's you, cl- like it's the same thing you he did needs with Kako. a confidence and like Kako does look much. Kako better looks now, great though. now. I know he does. We still got ten but now points in twenty five games. But now he's like, playing with Sabanich. Like, yeah. like, look at what we're you know, look at what we're excited about with these guys. Lafreniere like, too clearly needs a confidence boost. I don't know. Like maybe again, I, I. I admit I'm not I'm not a scout I'm not a coach I don't know the ins and out of professional player development but this is not the textbook way of doing it if you have a guy as talented as these guys and you're only going to be able to find nine ten minutes a night at the most 13 14 it doesn't make sense to have them on your NHL roster like let them yeah. succeed in a bigger role whether Buffalo that be with Owen Powers, going back to junior decision. I understand it didn't look like Lafreniere had anything to give back in junior I don't even know if he had an option to go I don't think he can no year. no he played uh, last year last year last, last year he could have. Did they play no. last year? Oh, Junior no, didn't. Yeah, I guess last I, I year he could have. Um, like, if they would have played, he, uh, he could have went to the A, though, because yeah. the juniors. Yes, he could have. Yeah. Anyway, but it's just really dumb. He and hit, like, the game threshold, though. <laughs> I just I don't understand why teams take these routes that are just so hard to explain when the results, like, clearly aren't there. Like, it's just, yeah, I hope he gets sent down to the HL, and I hope he can get some confidence and really, you know, play a commanding role. Because if he's not going to get the minutes on this team, like, I, I don't, like, it just not makes sense having him in the bottom six. A perfect segue here, and just quickly before I make the perfect segue, which, segue I guess, which I guess just doesn't make it the perfect segue, but Capo Caco, 10 points, 5 goals, 5 assists in his last 15 games, playing over Gross. 16 minutes a night. So definitely improving playing with Mika Zibanejad. Who would have thought that that would help? Right, and um, that's all it takes, and, and that's kind of my whole point. Right? But like, sometimes you have to admit that you were wrong. Not, I guess maybe not wrong, but just segwaying. maybe that player is not quite there. And I don't think... And what did you just say Kako's stop line was? 10 points in his last 15, 5 goals, 5 assists. Oh, okay. That's yeah. all he has on the season, but Yeah, he didn't yeah, have no, any points he before was, yeah. He was playing like 6 minutes a night before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know what Knight. I, I know so what Spencer Knight gets absolutely fucking shelled for yeah. eight by the Senators. A snowman. And gets sent to the AHL immediately after. They must have been at least expecting this to happen because no. not only did they Pity claim me. a goalie off of waivers, they claimed who John Vogel says is the worst goalie <laughs> he's ever seen, not only in a game, not only in practice, yeah. the worst goalie ever. They claim Jonas Johansson <laughs> yeah. from the Avalanche. Beebs must have been fucking doing backflips when this happened. I actually posted it in a group chat that yeah. D's in saying, smell oh, you, bud. And, he, and then they start Spencer Knight against the sense. Motherfucker gives up eight. Donut. Or AHL. So... Sometimes you just gotta take your losses, I suppose, with somebody like Lafreniere. Not no. that it's a it's a fucking foregone conclusion that he's toast, but at some point you just gotta realize what might be better for the player and, and send him back. Is and Spencer obviously, Knight's like not a COVID like like thing too. It's something to do with like like I think it's someone's salary or something. They want they gotta get like they, well, other today, bodies yeah, up. No, well, today would have been a lot to get do other with bodies co- up. Or yes, something. they had to do. But I would imagine that he's gonna spend some time yeah. down there and play. It, it, yeah. it definitely could be a COVID related send down. I just can't wait for Florida to realize what they have in JJ. So. Oh, oh, he's huge. But wait, he. They scored every shot down the pipe. Goes oh fuck, dude. What did we? Completely honest, what did we claim? To be completely honest with you. And I think that this is the thing that fans kind of forget sometimes is that you can bring up Johansson to or or claim him to literally be your practice goalie and send Spencer Knight to the AHL, start Bobrovsky every game, and then if there's a situation where you need to start a goalie, just bring Spencer Knight up. And Jonas Johansson never plays. Yeah, he's a capable backup, ish. 
if Bobrovsky ends up getting hurt mid-game or something. But don't get it twisted. If, if, if Bobrovsky gets hurt, Jonas Johansson doesn't suddenly become the number one guy in Florida, right? It's no. still Spencer Knight, for yeah. better or for worse. It's funny, I was reading, there's there's a lot of people who believe that the, the JJ grab was a pity move because Colorado beat them on Sunday, and then Sunday night they put it in the waiver. Are you shitting me? And I was like, that was probably were fired up about it. Yeah. They were like, thank That's what I was thinking. I was God. like, you're doing him a favor. Zip it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, okay. like you said, um, if if Bob does go down, it's not JJ's job. It's Spencer Knight. So keep an eye on him. I think he's going to come back, and I think he's going to come back strong. He can't come back any worse. This kid's fucking good, and he's not going to – he's, he's going to take this one. Can't come back worse. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Chickard, he is out right now, but he's somebody that we did talk about a lot at the start Sucks. of the season. <laughs> He has not been good. We no. talk about those shots, though. A ton of shots, yeah. <laughs> They've got to be like muffins, right? Like he's 26 just games a season, he has 84 shots. I'm still streaming them every week. Like, 100 yeah, for sure. He's if playing 25 minutes minus, a night. Too. Like, it's got to give. Like, you know, I'll take the dash one every day. The dash Ruber, four, buddy. You just got to know it's You're coming. dash four. He's a minus Ruber's 29 through, minus, <laughs> through 26 games so far. The rumors are already swirling that he could be that. potentially out of town. Um, That'd be amazing. Yeah, like the Oilers are, are apparently sniffing around like oh my god could you even imagine how good that would be uh just to give him a little bit of credit in his last 10 games he's only minus five (laughs) yeah no that's what i was saying he's doing he's doing pretty good lately like he's really controlled it because he was on pace to be like minus 74 last 200 even had a plus one in there somewhere Ooh, what a game for he had a plus two actually at one point i believe which is just incredible for him you you, Uh, you said it the shots are there but if you are in a league that has plus minus and d and i play in one he's absolutely murdering that category yeah it is first 16 games has, yeah, he's yeah, only got three games in the positive all year. He's Good got job. Can one, you believe the guy? He one plus the two and two plus ones. But why is Gosses Bear and, and Goligowski putting up points right now? And this guy can't even sniff the score sheet unless it's a minus. I uh, I can't give you the answer to that, Michael. I really can't. <laughs> Who the hell is Michael? <laughs> Jeff Petrie's next. B or sorry, D. This is your yes, motherfucking guy. guy. Still is going to go. Still is uh, just. I, I, I don't want to dump it all on Jeff Petrie's plate because dump the it. Canadians have been just absolutely total dog shit this year. Yeah. But I, I don't think that these numbers are going to impress anybody. In Jeff Petrie's last 15 games, he's averaged 22 minutes and 25 seconds per night. How many points do you think he has? I'm going to say zero. Don't he has not- fucking zero. Zero goals, zero assists, zero points, minus five, 26 shots on net. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Jeff Peachy. The Canadians just suck. He was incredibly hot last year, yeah. and he's incredibly cold this year. He is who we thought he was. It's a very bad team, so unless you're desperate for D-play, yeah, there's no reason to have this guy in your roster at this point. I certainly yeah. wouldn't be surprised if in a month's time he, he gets on a heater, right? And we're, we're yeah, talking about a five or JP six. heater. Yeah, uh, points. He's back to be in your him, fifth but, defenseman on your fancy team like he should be. Yeah, yeah, but... And like last year, right? I wasn't expecting a whole lot of him. He just never got off that heater and never gave you a chance to drop him. But yeah. luckily and thankfully, he, he did that nice and early for us this year. It's honestly crazy we're seeing regression from the 34-year-old. Yeah, I can't thought. believe it. Who no. would have thought? He only has two it assists. Almost, it is a little crazy because he's a renaissance man, right? Like the yeah, last that, four that, years. That, like, you're right. No, you're right. Last four years, like he hits age 30 and all of a sudden, like we just got a double-digit goal score. Like legend, right? So yeah, one of those that you're just never – quite sure when the bottom is going to fall out but certainly when it's on a team that's struggling as much as the canadians are uh maybe expedites that process a little bit just to assist on the season and a uh down to 40 percent owned which is just obviously not great um and then the guy that we're going to close today's show out about is cal peterson 
Uh, Cal. We talked about him. I think Cal he was Pat. maybe Beebs your sleeper Shut goalie up. or, no. or, or breakout goalie why are you uh, of the season, which is fine, though. I don't think that you were alone in this. We, we talked about it at the time where he signed a, a pretty large extension yeah. with the Kings. He Quick wasn't protected. He they certainly, traded Campbell last year to make room for him on the roster. He certainly looked like the goaltender of the future. His and not that he's Cal. not that he isn't the goaltender of the future anymore, but Jonathan Quick has really it's been the Center the now, my friend. Yes, exactly. He has been the story of the King season yeah. thus far. And uh, Cal Peterson, though, like I, I don't think that we can just write this all off as um, Jonathan Quick has just kind of stolen this gig because Cal Peterson has not been no, very good. In his last nine starts, he has an 886 save percentage. He has not played well. And uh, Jonathan Quick, though, has played great. So it's a little bit of both, but... Cal Peterson, I think, was somebody that a lot of people expected to take that next step this year. And Jonathan Quick has been an absolute draft day steal and is still, I'm pretty sure, pretty available on the wire. I'm going to just talk a little bit slowly here as I Google it. 54% owned still for Jonathan Quick. He is, uh, yeah, he started his... Uh, his fourth straight game this evening. So he got another win over a Florida Panthers team that had about literally half an AHL roster. Yeah. But as we as we all expected, though, just Johnny Quick having a Tim Thomas-like fucking resurgence. Coming into tonight, which he only allowed one goal tonight, he was uh, he had a 9.55 save percentage in his last four. So 36 Johnny Quick is years young. Yeah, love to see it. But anyways, that is going to do it for this edition of the DFO Podcast. Season 7. Just a quick little episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> episode 19. Yeah. Seven, just one, just for the listeners at home, every every week we're like, let's just give the listeners a 45-minute episode. A quick little drive around in the car. A little ear tickle. You got 20 minutes on the way to the grocery store, 20 minutes on the way back. You're done. Every week this it's shit just... a far just, grocery store. Yeah. yeah. This shit just... Well, Brock goes to well, no, you, you, you bounce, hey, you bounce around, right? You go to the grocery store, you go to the, the beer it. store, yeah. you go to the LCBO, you go to the hardware store. Sure. You do man things, and you listen to... Jeez. Do we do that? <laughs> I do. I don't. I'm the just LCBO like... in the hardware store every Sunday, regardless of what you need. Yeah. Stock up, baby. It's a baby. man thing yeah. to do. <laughs> you got to do it. The wife needs red wine. You Go get the wife red wine. You're the one drinking the red wine. It's so true. Red, <laughs> I bought it for her, and I'm drinking wine. it. But anyways, uh, we'll see you guys back Thank here. Actually, I don't know if we will see you guys back yeah, here next week. Holidays. It's Christmas. We'll see you guys back here yeah, after the here. new year. So this is going to be... I was just, like, literally next Thursday is the 23rd. There's yeah, no way. No, yeah, that's that's we are going to see you guys for a while. So thank God we ended up going long here, about an hour we'll do a, We'll do one the new year's. So we'll do one the Absolutely. 30th. Absolutely. New yeah. year episode after the NHL resumes its season after a two-week hey, break. Yes. Brock will give you guys a Monday report, actually, no, next I week. No, I won't. I cancel the Monday report. I, no. It's just too much work. The people love what? it, Brock. Yeah. I actually had multiple people reach out and say, where's the Monday report gone? It's hard. I really appreciate the Monday report. I appreciated the Monday report. <laughs> it was fun, but it's a lot of work. I've I'm a busy say, man. I've had a lot of people reach out as well. You're a busy saying. man, man. We got to give the people what they want. That's yeah. what we're here for. They're also what asking, else are we doing it for if we're not doing it for the people? Like, so true. Please the tell Tuesday me. Report. They're asking about that, too. We love that. This is a seven-day-a-week podcast brought to you by no one. We'll see you guys back here in a few weeks. Every day. Pick up you know, if we had back. a sponsor, we'd probably run a few more shows. <laughs> Peace. Broken down, so I walked the line. I drop my wounds and I down I'm out of money, I'm out of time I fly low like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time
sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions Supply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.